Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, before we get into the show, a super quick reminder. When you leave ratings and reviews for our show, it helps us so much. Even if you don't feel like writing out a review, if you just push those stars buttons, give us a strong review, it helps other people find us. And that is so good for us. Thank you so much for all of your support. Welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. If you want more where this came from and want to support us in general, head to a thing or two HQ.com and sign up for Secret Menu, which will get weekly access to members-only content. To share your thoughts on this episode or anything at all, leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463 or DM us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. I saw such a good play last week and was truly kicking myself because I couldn't put it in the newsletter or really like do anything. You couldn't with tell it. anybody about it. We're because, going to anyway. We're going to anyway. Because there was only a week left and it was entirely sold out. However, I have a lot of confidence that this play is going to be like either extended or like it's going to move to Broadway or something. It's it already so been extended good. like three times. I know. Right? Like yeah. people love this play. Yeah. It's buzzy. I'm not, I'm not the first to tell you about it. Or if I am, you're I'm welcome. Glad. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> um, so it's called Fat Ham. It was playing at the public. It had been originally produced at the Wilma Theater in Philadelphia during the pandemic. So they did a film of it, which I thought was fascinating. Mm. This was a was a co-production between the public and the National Black Theater. It also, the book of it just won the Pulitzer Prize. It is, so it's an adaptation of Hamlet, which is the Shakespeare play that I like least connected with when we learned did Shakespeare in high school. I was like big on Macbeth. And by the time I was Hamlet came ask, around. Which one did you most connect with? I loved Macbeth. And I was like, I'm, I'm, I've been there, done that. By the time I got to Hamlet, I was like, I've had enough. Um, oh my God, Claire, can I just, I'm sorry to interrupt <laughs> no, this to bring up me. another Shakespeare play. Yeah. Do you recall when we walked out of Othello? Oh my God, no. Wait, was the, it that, at the, in Chicago? No, it was in New York. Wasn't it the Philip Seymour Hoffman production of Othello? And we Wasn't walked it Othello? out. Um, yeah. I do remember like, Othello being... Like a buzzy play in New York when we like long, not long after we moved to New York. Othello. This is sounding now, this is sounding really familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First headline, I I Googled Othello, (laughs) Philip Seymour Hoffman, and the first headline is a Reuters headline that says Philip Seymour Hoffman disappoints in Othello. So it wasn't just you and I. We left during intermission and like both. Oh my God, was it? (gasps) 
Was it at the NYU theater? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, you just connected something really important for me. Chris and I were walking by that thing the other day and I was like, I know I've been in this theater and I cannot remember when or why. And it was like a million lifetimes ago. Yeah. And wow, you just answered it for me. Yes, I do remember walking out now. It was a real like moment of like connection and appreciation <laughs> too, of both like realizing like how bad this is and being like, but it's Philip Seymour Hoffman who is like a national yeah. treasure, yes. like a hero yes. among heroes, like all of it. And then being like, do, must we suffer through this? And what we decided <laughs> not to. What year was it? Mm, like 2009, perhaps. Amazing. Yeah, 2009. I love 2009. it. Well, good for us. Congrats to us. Anyway, that was that was the Shakespeare that I didn't connect with. I love this because, okay, so I was like, okay, I just want to at least like remember what Hamlet is about. So I even put on my calendar with Chris, I bought the tickets to the play and then and put that on our calendar. And then two nights before I put on our calendar, watch Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet because I Googled around and that was like the best movie version of Hamlet. And so we sat down to watch it and I fell asleep immediately. <laughs> I saw that on your calendar. I was... <laughs> impressed. Like, <laughs> I, like whether or not you watched it, Claire, the fact that you put it on the calendar and sat down and tried, I was like, wow, this was, is something. I was like, I, I think I will, I will appreciate this play more if I, you know, can remember something about Hamlet. So let's watch it. And I knew that Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet was a thing. Um, I fell asleep. I truly the first scene. Opening um, scene and mm -hmm. you're out. I was Lights done out. immediately. Good news for everybody is that you really only need to know like the very basic outline of Hamlet to appreciate the connections in this play. So it's basically, it's a Hamlet adaptation, but set in a Southern black family cookout and multiple members of the family are secretly gay. So like, it's just, it's about family. It's about parental expectations. It's about black masculinity. It's about black queerness. It's about black family. It's also not one of those adaptations where it's using the original script. Like it's all, all rewritten. And there right. are a couple lines that they pull in. It is very sort of heavy handed about its connection to Hamlet, but it also doesn't follow the plot completely in, it's not just like a- It diverges. Yes. yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's directed by this guy, Sahim Ali. It's written by James I. James, who I mentioned won the Pulitzer Prize for it. And then the cast at this public theater production was incredible. And in this reality that I am manifesting where it gets transferred to Broadway, they keep the cast entirely intact because this guy, Marcel Spears, who plays the main character, is amazing. His mother is played by Nikki Crawford. She's incredible. There's lots of dancing and singing, which you wouldn't expect in this. No. It, there's a karaoke moment where the main I character- I don't recall there being karaoke in the original Hamlet. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not even going to say the karaoke number because it's such a wonderful surprise when it happens, so I'm not going to ruin it for you. It also is- Magic words, 90 minutes with no intermission. <gasps> yes. Wow. That is, mm -hmm. listen, Claire, that's all you got to say to me. I'm yeah. there. 90 minutes, no intermission. Wow. I just had, I was not bored for an instant. I was, I laughed. I cried. I was so moved by it. I just, it was really the best theater I've seen. I was going to say like since lockdown, but I would say like for certain, since longer before. than that, since before. It was it was so good. I felt so passionately about it and I felt sad oh, that I, I couldn't- I can't wait to be able to see this. Yeah, I, I really do think you will be able to see it. I feel pretty confident about that. I um, I love 90 Minutes No Intermission for a lot of reasons. Mm -hmm. One is that I think intermission is exhausting and dumb. And, yes. and, and, and it and does honestly nothing chaotic. but like sell drinks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm always and so bathroom line, yes. lines And like, I, you know- Whatever. And if you make it 90 minutes, people can go to the bathroom right before and they can go to the bathroom right after and they're mm -hmm. going to be okay. 
it also just makes eating a meal before mm-hmm. or after impossible. Like Agreed. impossible. Yes. No, this place started at 8 p.m. Totally possible to eat a meal before eight. Wow. And, he, yeah. and if you wanted to eat after at 945, you yes. could totally do that too. That's not yes. a crazy thing to do if it were a Saturday night or whatever. Thanks. Thank you for that, Erica, because I think one of the things that I hadn't realized about intermission is just how stressful it is. Like you're, oh, it it creates lines for the bathroom. And then you're like, if I stand in this line, will I make it back in time? They're going to start flashing the lights as yeah. you sit down on that seat. Like the toilet seat. The yes. seat being the toilet seat. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much to Bombas for sponsoring today's episode. Bombas's mission is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you're also giving to someone in need. The thing I purchased from Bombas recently that I like Ted has been a tiny bit life-changing are these tennis socks. They're specifically mm-hmm. the women's performance performance tennis ankle sock. I've never owned a tennis-specific sock before. And you know what makes playing tennis better? Hmm not having your sock slipping into your shoe while you're playing. Wow. Wow. Like it has this little, it's sort of like a knob, nub. I don't know what to oh, say. Well, that's above why, the heel. That's why it's I like, think of t- tennis socks as having the pom-pom. On totally. Them. Totally. Yes. Exactly. This does okay. not have a pom-pom situation. Okay. It just has like a little like lip, I guess, is a word, a better word than knob or nub. Um, <laughs> and it just makes a huge difference. A huge, huge that. difference. Something a little more refined than a pom even more refined. And guess what? Their tennis ball yellow, which feels delightful. Mm, I love it. I love it. Bombas designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a cozy feel. There's a pair of Bombas socks for everything you do, including tennis. Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and they're the perfect weight so they hang just right. Their underwear is breathable, fits well, and feels like you're wearing nothing at all in a good way. And did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. So far, Bombas customers like you have helped donate over 50 million items of essential clothing. We love that so much. Go to bombas.com slash a thing or two and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash a thing or two for 20% off. Bombas.com slash a thing or two. Thank you so much to Deswa for sponsoring today's episode. Um, you know what I think is really chic Hmm. when you're going to like a party or a dinner party situation, you know, people are going to show up with bottles of wine and whatever to be the person who brings the like tasty, beautiful, non-alcoholic drink. So that like that option exists and Mm -hmm. people feel like they still, like if they want a glass of wine and then a glass of something else, they can do that. Like, I just feel like, and then the host doesn't have to worry about like, oh, do I have like something to mix with salt? Something other than just tap water. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. <laughs> the host shouldn't have to think about that either. You know, I yeah. agree. I agree. Anyway. And Dessois is also just so beautiful. The, the bottles are gorgeous and the cans. Dessois, spelled D E S O I, is a line of non alcoholic aperitifs that have clean, all natural ingredients and no artificial colors or flavors. The company was co founded by two new moms, one of whom is Katy Perry, and the other, Morgan McLaughlin, who is a big name in the beverage game and was just honored as Drink Innovator of the Year by Food and Wine. Dessois is designed to make not drinking a lot more fun. All three flavors are packed with adaptogens like reishi mushroom and ashwagandha to help you de stress, relax, and let loose without a hangover. Also, the packaging, extremely chic, as I mentioned. They have bottled product and canned ones, and all of it makes a perfect dinner party gift. 
Use promo code a thing or two at drinkdeswa.com. That is D-R-I-N-K-D-E-S-O-I.com for 15% off your first purchase. Again, it's D-R-I-N-K-D-E-S-O-I.com and code a thing or two for 15% off your first purchase. What's the vibes? I'm EJ, head of special projects at DBA, and this is Who's On Content, a show that explores and dissects the influential, behavioral-altering power of content through thought-provoking, culturally relevant, and industry-shifting dialogues. We're chatting with social media platform leaders, marketers, journalists, and content creators contributing to the content shaping the global society we live in. I mean, folks, let's face it. Content is everywhere. It's visual. It's audible. Hell, it's even edible. Go with me for a second. The content of your favorite restaurant informs the content of your Yelp review. (laughs) See what we did there? Tune in to hear who's on content. Should we talk about some things that we have put in the newsletter recently that we're excited about? Yes, please. Um, please. This is a Best of Monday newsletter, formerly known as Best of 10 Things episode. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. The first thing mm-hmm. is a book called Burn Rate. Yes. By Andy Dunn, who's the founder of Bonobos. Mm-hmm. And that makes you think it's going to be a specific kind of book. That makes yeah. you think it's a startup story. Mm-hmm. It's like patting myself on. It's a business book. It's a this yes. and a that and the other. It is not that book at all. It is about him navigating, founding, running, selling, like going through all the highs and lows of starting a company. But while grappling with severe bipolar disorder that was like he was not having, fully diagnosed, yeah. partially diagnosed. Yeah, he was having manic episodes. He, he was, was like, having like severe breakdowns. Like was, yes, he was, he, he went to prison in the midst of all of this because of how violent one of his meltdowns was. And I will say though that it still delivers on the promise of being a book about the startup scene in 2010s New York. Totally, like, totally, I totally. felt like, I, I was felt attract- there. Yeah, I felt like, well, I did. I, I was there, but I <laughs> felt, you know, there were two things that attracted me to the book. One, hearing this recounting of his mental illness, but two, I was there during the 2010s New York City startup scene. And I was like, I want to hear, and, and he and Bonobos was such a darlings of it. And I was like, yeah, I want to hear his version of that. And I really did feel like it delivered on both, but I, what makes the book exceptional is his accounting of bipolar disorder and like mental illness in, in general. It was just that's like the word that I keep coming back to to describe it is unflinching. Mm-hmm. He, at some point he thinks he's the Messiah mm-hmm. and is able to articulate how that feels. Yes. And the like weird logic that the mania induces mm-hmm. that makes him think that that makes sense and how he deals with it. And like these crazy like tweets, he starts tweet like posting while mm-hmm. on a plane to Vegas. He grapples with his own ego in these mm-hmm. pages in a very mm-hmm. real way. Um, and how, and how ego plays out in mania. It's, it's honest and detailed to the point of like, you're like, how, how did you remember, remember all this? of this so yes. well? And a lot of it, honestly, is it, you get the sense that a lot of it is aided by records of his doctors yes. that he was working with at the time and, and family members and things like that. It's also interesting. It's not dark no. necessarily, which I, the other comp and the thing that this I think is compared to is K. Redfield Jameson's An Unquiet Mind, which is like the gold standard of, yeah, yeah. Of, of this type of writing. And that is a darker book. I agree. And she's a psychiatrist mm-hmm. who herself has bipolar, has bipolar. disorder mm-hmm. and just sort of navigates like 
how she deals with this illness or even recognizes it in herself when she, mm-hmm. you know, is so used to recognizing it in patients, but how, you know, she fights the treatment and fights the mm-hmm. like it bringing the mania down and all of those things um, yeah. that is you know, typical to the disease, but even as a person who's like so entrenched in this world. Mm-hmm. The other thing I think you and I both sort of took away from it that's like interesting and he pulls at this thread a little bit is the way that is like just what being, a, how him being a man played into this entire story. And and this story could never have happened to a woman. And the fact that he was having these manic episodes in which he perceived himself as the Messiah, in which his ego was like, you know, completely out of control, did not necessarily raise any red flags for the people around him. And in some cases- It wasn't damning. And in some cases, it made them more supportive of him or believe in him more. And you're like, watching this person have these these breaks from reality, this severe mental illness, and then you're seeing the people around and be like, yeah, you really believe in yourself. We really believe in you too. Like that's the attitude a founder needs. And it's a really like, it, it, it like plays into our perceptions of toxic masculinity in this really like complicated way that's all just really depressing and honestly like does him this huge disservice despite the fact it also is propels him forward. But yeah. you're like, you see the way that like his, and he, he really does talk about this, his ideas of ma- that, how like his need to be hyper-masculine and the pressures he feels to be a certain way, like compounded all of this. But it's fascinating because just wouldn't, it would never happen to a woman. Well, he also talks about the way the like crossover, crossover, mm-hmm. I think between um, mental illness and entrepreneurialism. And like, of course, it's not like these are not one for one things, but the confidence that comes from some of this hypomania, especially yes. before it spirals out of control, is is fuel is like good for building it's, it's a business. Helpful. Yes. It's helpful. Yes. It's productive for mm-hmm. building a business. Being able to walk into a pitch room at pitch meeting and just be like, of course, this is the best idea you've ever heard. Right without having doubts or fears or any of those things, because those are all washed away, is extremely powerful and makes other people believe in you. It's necessary to get your team hyped up. It's necessary to get people to fund you. It's necessary for all the, it's necessary to keep yourself going, right? He quotes these like sort of shocking stats around the sort of overlap, like you said, between mental illness or bipolar specifically and entrepreneurs. Yes. Yes. Um, Anyway, a very good read. Totally separate note. Completely separate. (sighs) I have another, I have another endorsement that like only very limited set of people will be able to access. And I'm sorry, but I, this is this a call. This not a limited time offer. It's, it's like not a limited, a limited geographical. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So one of my best friends lives in Woodstock, um, up in upstate New York. And there is this restaurant that opened there recently called Good Night and it's Thai and everything we ate was so incredible. But the thing I cannot stop thinking about and talking about is this walnut larb. So it's larb, which I already love, but made of walnuts. There's no meat in it. We ordered three things of it because it was, we just kept needing to have more of it. It was so good. I Googled walnut larb and there is but one recipe on the internet, which is shocking because the internet has really managed to try to make everything happen. And the only recipe that exists is from walnuts.org. And you know what? Here's the thing. <laughs> Good for them. Yes. Good for them. Yes. I believe walnuts.org is the URL of like the walnut farmers of California or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this does not seem to be the same thing because this recipe calls for chickpeas. And I'm almost positive there were not chickpeas in this walnut larb. Um, 
I, like part of me believes that this could have just been a true one-to-one, you know, we did everything exactly the same, but we just subbed ground. We just subbed walnuts for ground meat. And if somebody is willing to try that and get back to me, I would be thrilled. But <laughs> not like, you though. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to try that, but I I could. I That Amsam larb sauce well, is incredible. Say, I think you're, I think you're pulsing walnuts in your yeah. food processor. You love a you love to pulse in that. Food I love processor. to pulse. I love the food processor. You do, but like, I worry about. I actually don't think it's the answer. I think you got to chop them by hand to keep it really coarse. Because God forbid you're getting walnut like dust or just getting it well, too that's fine. The pulse. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I think I think you still got to do it by. I could be wrong, but okay. this is why. Okay, and then yes, you saute it with the larb sauce. Yeah, from Amsam. Maybe I'll yeah. try it. It's, it seems worth a shot. It just seems too easy for what was truly <laughs> such a, a life-changing dish. My real thing here is I know that there must be people listening who work in food media who can email the owners of Goodnight <laughs> and say, we want to feature your walnut larb in next month's issue of Bon Appetit. Can we have the recipe? And I'm sure there Goodnight used to would be, be thrilled. There used to be, was it a Bon Appetit column that was like the mm. RSVP? Mm-hmm. It was reader questions where you'd write yeah. in and be like, once in Pasadena, I had this incredible <laughs> right. roasted lamb and I right. think about it every day since. This was, this is the outlet. I just think you and I have both had success in just like waiting long enough and Googling frequently enough with this. Like it happened for me with the salad dressing from the broccoli salad at Emily, the pizza restaurant. I just waited long enough and somebody finally published the recipe for it. It happened to me before. I think it'll happen again. It it totally could. It absolutely could. I hope. I do also just think if you are going upstate, if you're going to be in the vicinity, it's, it's, it's a great destination for you. It is, it was such a good restaurant. I don't think of, of going upstate and eating Thai food that often. I'm usually like, we're going to do, you know, farm to table. There's going to be I don't know. With fired pizzas. Mm-hmm. Coddled eggs. I don't know. You yeah. know, it's always very, it's always very much just that upstate vibe. There's always a kale salad. I know there's a kale what salad everywhere. What does Chris everywhere. call it? Upstate brunch? Yes. It's like a oh whole God, category of food. That. Upstate yes. brunch. Yes. It doesn't um, have to be in upstate New York to be upstate brunch, no. I don't think. Upstate no, brunch exists everywhere, um, for better or worse. But yeah. this felt revelatory both for upstate and for the universe, a walnut larb. I love it. Okay. uh, Speaking of revelations, Mm -hmm. I've discovered a category of candle that I'm dubbing the after dinner candle. Mm. And this was brought to us by the like wonderful team at Big Night Mm -hmm. Business, a like fancy pantry Mm -hmm. in Greenpoint owned by Catherine Lewin, who we love. And she sells a candle called Dinner Party. And the description is it smells like a kitchen where everyone wants to gather fresh arugula, lemongrass, and basil balanced with warm saffron, amber, and musky wood. And so basically the idea is that it's like meant to be paired with food. They're like food scents or like food adjacent scents, Mm -hmm. but they're not like competing. It's not like you're taking like, oh, I just cooked this like pasta sauce with garlic and onions. I'm going to try to drown it out with like this Mm -hmm. rose scent Mm -hmm. and just have the weird mingling of like florals and Mm -hmm. yeah, aliens. Um, But it just kind of helps transition a space. Like you've cooked, you have food smells in your house, but Mm -hmm. then- you're bringing in like slightly different food smells that transition into just like home smells. 
Well, I also just love, in I do think it's a sort of one of those questions you find yourself asking occasionally where you're like cooking something, you're having people over and you kind of want to light a scented candle, but you're like, that's going to be weird, right? But I yeah. love the idea of one that can coexist with the food smells. Exactly. It coexists. It like, yeah. it, it like goes well with them. And it also just feels like the thing you could like light, you can like light after, mm-hmm. after you're doing the dishes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it just like helps transition. It just yes. like- you know, like my kitchen, your kitchen are both like open into yes. our living rooms and it's nice mm-hmm. for it to not just like smell like dinner for hours yes. and hours and hours. Or it could be the candle you put in the in the bathroom while, you know, having people over. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, 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 yes. Okay, so Epicurious did a story about dinner party appropriate scents and they basically landed on it's either something citrusy, something green, something woodsy or a combination mm-hmm. of the three, this which makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. Makes total sense. And it recommended number 10 from Marie, from Maison Louis Marie, a line that we love. Mm-hmm. And then a discontinued one from Boy Smells, another line that we love that we also sold both of those mm-hmm. on of a kind. We did. Um, but they have another one called Park Life that feels like mm-hmm. it checks that box. If it's just like, it's green, but not like flowery green. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. maybe grassy or herby or like whatever that is. I like that. I love yeah. that. I do feel like I love Hinoki scent so much and that feels yes. like that ticks, ticks the box. It does. Sure. It totally does. It totally yeah. does. Thank you so much to Shopify for sponsoring today's episode. Um, our relationship with Shopify goes back 12 years. Um, in in ye old uh, 2010, <laughs> we started using them for our e-commerce site of a kind and just like loved them from day one, but somehow it just got better and better. And now, you know, after a decade plus, they are just like, they then were the upstart and like the sort of like newcomer that was shaking things up. And now they are the go-to. They're like, the big name in this space, the like Meryl Streep of e-commerce <laughs> platforms. Do you think? <laughs> I do. I was going to say we really picked the right horse in that race, but it's starting to become a really mixed metaphor. Um, <laughs> you know, but I do think, you know, we had some options back in 2010. We chose Shopify and man, did we choose the right one? Because it is, it's now the go-to. And I got to say, among the like big go-to technology companies, it's the one I feel the best about for sure. Mm. Like it mm-hmm. doesn't feel complicated to me. Mm-mm. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big businesses so that upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility with a million milestones and constant evolution needs. Shopify powers millions of businesses from first sale to full scale. Gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash a thing or two, all lowercase for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash a thing or two right now. That's shopify.com slash a thing or two. Thank you so much to Luz Brands for sponsoring today's episode. One thing you may know about me is I have very curly hair. I have basically since fifth grade and it has been a lifetime of reckoning with what is the right mix of products. And another thing, Erica, you may know about me is that I'm often combining like four different styling products for mm. to achieve one look. Let's yeah, say. slash to achieve like one like premier product. Like That's right. it's a squirt of this, <laughs> a dash of that, a spray of this. That's exactly right. There's and and there's a there will often be, you know, a sort of 
specific series of steps, like this mm-hmm. one has to come first mm-hmm. and then the other. And then I mix them all in my hands. And a lot and of logic, a lot uh-huh. of logic for like why, logic. what happens when, what happens so when. I'm so excited about Luz brands because they have this three-step system, but it's shampoo, conditioner, and then a styler. But the styler does the job of leave-ins and mousses and styling custards and all the things all with one product. So wow. it's a very, uh, yeah, it, it's a simplifying your life sort of uh, hair care system, if you will. That's right. That's right. Les Brands is all about helping each person embrace and love their unique waves, curls, kinks, and coils. Their simple three-step system includes shampoo, conditioner, and an all-in-one styler, which as Claire mentioned, does the role of leave-ins, mousses, styling, custards, whips, whatever, whatever, glossing agents, all the things. like all the things. Yes. Plus Les Brands products are free from harsh ingredients and are dermatologist tested and approved and will improve the health of your hair over time. We are so excited about Luz Brands and we're not the only ones. See for yourself while they have over 30,000 five-star reviews. Right now, our listeners can get 15% off your first purchase of $50 or more, but only when you go to luzbrands.com and enter the promo code a thing or two. That's L-U-S brands with an S.com and promo code a thing or two. Don't wait, get 15% off with promo code a thing or two at luzbrands.com. Talk to me about your ice cream making and how that's going this summer. Yeah. So I've had some ice cream aspirations this summer, fueled in a large part by the fact that when we visited Thomas's sister in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. we made blackberry ice cream because they have these blackberry bushes growing in their backyard that are like incredible. Like you're, you're pulling like six cups of blackberries off bushes in an afternoon. And you're like out there with like the kids, like picking blackberries. And it feels so magical. I Uh, can't believe this is the first I'm hearing about this because I'm enchanted by this. (laughs) It was enchanting. It was totally enchanting. And so we decided in like while picking these blackberries, we're like, oh, we should make blackberry ice cream for 4th of July. Oh, I love it. And so we use the recipe that comes with the Cuisinart for like the strawberry ice cream or whatever. But the thing is, it is one of those ice cream recipes that's like just the, just cream. And it's like all like raw ingredients. And it's kind of okay. meant to be like you, you make it and you eat it. It doesn't store. It's not the uh, kind that you're okay. like, Oh, you can keep it in the freezer. And then it's going to be great for a mm-hmm. week. No, it's like, mm-hmm. you're going to make this today. You're going to eat all of it. It's going to be amazing and delicious. Did you put chocolate Scene. chips in it? No, no. Okay. Cause we wanted the, like, I understand. And I know that you've, you have felt very strongly recently about a fruit ice cream with chocolate chunks, with chocolate, chocolate chips. chips. Yeah. yeah. And I like, as much as I don't love chocolate, do agree with that take. Yes. But we were sort of a work, we, I know working with what we've got, like pure fruit okay. experience. I understand. So I got home, realized that I have not one, but two ice cream cookbooks because Thomas <laughs> just loves ice cream so much uh-huh. that of course we have these, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And started digging into them and just was feeling like really overwhelmed and intimidated mm-hmm. by the process. And one of them is the Jenny's cookbook and mm-hmm. people love the Jenny's base. Mm-hmm. The problem is it is like, you don't have to be a professional ice cream maker to make the base. You have to like maybe think that one day in your retirement, you will be a professional okay. ice cream maker. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just like a little bit of a, it's like more of a lift than I want. There's okay. like a cornstarch slurry. Mm-hmm. There's like putting the putting the base in a like Ziploc bag and then making yeah. an ice bath for it mm-hmm. to like quickly cool it. Like mm-hmm. it's like a lot of things that I'm like, I actually just want the delight of being able to purchase fresh raspberries and have ice cream. Yeah. I, I deeply can't relate. The more you're talking about this, the more I'm like, 
I, I can, I can relate to having blackberries in my backyard and wanting to make ice cream out of them, but just even buying an ice cream cookbook, hard for me to get, to get there mentally. I, one was a gift and one I purchased for Thomas. Okay. That was nice. Um, the second one Mm -hmm. is Ben and Jerry's cookbook, which is a bit more straightforward, but like most of the good ones, you still got to do some cooking and some Mm -hmm. stovetop situation. And like, I don't know. So then there's a sidebar in the Ben and Jerry's cookbook that basically is like, Hey, make a sorbet with fruit juice. Just like put some fruit juice in your ice cream maker. And I was like, drop everything. Ignore the rest of this. That's what we're doing. We're like putting juice in our ice cream maker. Like, let's go. Okay. We did it. We had like this uh, orange and mango juice that had Mm -hmm. been languishing in the back of the refrigerator and so excited about it and then get it. And it's like more like Italian ice texturally. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or as we say in Delaware, water ice. Water ice. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Water ice. Or a granita if you're fancy. (laughs) Water ice or granita, you pick your flavor. Honestly, it was it was orange mango. I feel like it would have to be water ice. Yeah, I'm not that's sure. Right. Yeah, they don't um, make orange mango granita. <laughs> no, no. Mm-hmm. So then I'm like falling down the rabbit hole of being like, how do we solve for this? Mm-hmm. Because I still love, I'm still hung up on this idea yeah. of this, like this frozen, this That you frozen should be able juice. to do this. Yes. yes. And like, it's still, whatever trick it is, it feels easier than having mm-hmm. to do an ice bath. Yes. I find this video from Everyday Food from Martha Stewart, hosted by this guy named Thomas Joseph. And it's like the one, the thing you need is an egg. And I'm like, wait, is this like some weird cocktail situation where you're like floating an egg white or like, I don't know. It's like egg white, the answer to this. Start watching the video. Basically, no, Claire, you're using an egg to gauge whether it has enough, whether the like juice or fruit puree has enough sugar content. It's like gauging the density. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because the egg is just a tool. You're saying, does the egg float? And if the egg floats, then it's right. Yeah. And if so, what you're doing is you're like taking your your orange mango juice, you're adding simple syrup mm-hmm. to it, and you're floating an egg. And if that egg, if like a fourth of the egg shows at the top, you've nailed it. And that's what makes it scoopable and like the uh, right consistency. I love it. That is Isn't genius. it incredible? It really is. I, I was just it. like blown away. And then there was this fun fact in the comments that said the concept of the egg is used in winemaking to make sure the wine is the perfect, has mm. the perfect sugar levels for fermentation. Huh. Yeah. I just, what? An egg Who is knew? a tool. Yeah. There's some other egg trick like this, but I feel like it's like to figure out if your egg is still fresh. Isn't there something you can do? I think you're right. I think you're right. I think if mm-hmm. it, if it floats, it's fresh. Yeah. And if and it if sinks, not, it's, it's rotten. Rotten. Rotten eggs. Gross. 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 Can you tell me about Cam's camp situation? Oh, yeah. Cam goes to what is called forest school uh-huh. for camp. Uh-huh. It's a And it's a year-round school where everything is outdoors. They do not have an indoor structure. And these types of schools exist all over the country and probably, I, I'm going to guess a lot in like Finland. I, I, I was going to say, sure. I, you know what, Claire, you do know for sure. <laughs> I think somewhere in Scandinavia yes. it was these the concept Outside for this was of originated. Oslo, you could find yes. one of these for sure. So a forest school, the concept is that kids should just learn to adapt to the elements and it's good for their character and also good to learn about nature. They are outdoors no matter the weather. And unless, you know, it's it's dangerous. A tornado warning. Yeah, tornado warning, lightning. Um, what he did have an early dismissal for two days during the heat wave because they didn't want them to be outside so much. When there's lightning, what happens? 
I don't know. Well, I think it has to be like extreme lighting. I'm yeah, not sure. Right, right. I think that they go under a pavilion. I d- They're I, not tall enough to be the things I'll, that are going to be struck. Is here's, that, something, is that- here's something to know about sending your kid to forest school. They send you uh, a lot of literature to <laughs> familiarize yourself with. And I read a lot of it, but I didn't retain all of it. And so Weird. I don't know the answer. To, I don't know the specificities about the weather protocol. Mm-hmm. All I know is they're like, we don't, you know, your kid is going to rough it. Your kid is going to be in some extreme weather. And that is part of this process. And it is part of the experience. They also sent you an extreme packing list. I don't want to complain too much about it because they did introduce us to the Muddy Buddy. Yes. Which is an incredible thing that I should probably get for myself. It's a head to toe rain suit. Basically. It's also incredibly cute. It's made by this company called Tufo. It has two zippers up the front. Oh, Tufo. I say it Tufo in my oh, mind. Oh, it probably is Tufo. I mean, I, I don't know, but I, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a tough suit. Um, (laughs) it's definitely tough. It's, it has two zippers up the front. So it's really easy to get in and out of. It's very loose and it fits over the elastic at the ankle is really flexible. So you can fit it over shoes. You don't have to take shoes on and off to put it on. And we got this thing and I was so excited because I was like, this does feel like an incredible solution because the other thing is that Cam, like most children cannot resist a puddle and will just jump and throw himself in it. So anytime we're outside in the rain, I just want him to be fully protected. And we broke out the Muddy Buddy even before camp started on just like a group play date at the playground. And all of the parents were like, what is that thing? Swarming, I need them. Swarming. Yeah. One of my friends just immediately ordered it right there from the playground on her phone. She was like, this, this thing, I need it. Um, it almost looks like a Ghostbuster suit or something to me. Yeah. It's so cute. I got the yellow. It comes in a bunch of colors, but before we ever sent Cam to this camp, I had been on runs in Prospect Park and seen like 12 tiny toddlers all running around in these yellow muddy buddies. And you've never seen it's it, you've never seen anything like it. It's so freaking cute. I will say two other things about it. One, it comes with this little carrying pouch that you can tote it around in. So it's the kind of thing you can just leave in your bag all the time, yeah. which is yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Also, in in looking it up to talk about it on the podcast, uh they note on the product page that you could use it indoors for messy arts and crafts, which absolutely. Yes. Yes. I mean, I've just been cutting holes in trash bags and making that the solution and putting, you know, making him wear it as a dress, but this seems like an even better solution. I love this. Yeah. Um, highly endorse the Muddy Buddy. Um, well, I have some nature, nature related content also. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sad to say that I'm not in forest school. Um, <laughs> I'm but, sad for you too. <laughs> but I'm listening to a cute podcast. It's um, cute. Is it a cute podcast? <laughs> I think it's cute. It's called Human Nature. It's human slash nature. Uh-huh. Um, I just, I feel like the only podcasts I've really been engaging with recently are chat shows. Mm-hmm. And this is the first thing that I've gotten into in a long while that isn't quite that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still like interviews and like, you know, but it, it, it it's just, it's like, it's more informative and okay. more, yeah, it, it digs in a little bit more. So it's hosted by this guy, Marcus Trinidad, who grew up in Northeast LA and is now the center director at the Audubon Center of Debs Park. And is that in LA? In LA, okay. exactly, in LA. So the crux of the program is that we all think of nature as something that we need to like go out into. Mm-hmm. Like, let's go be in nature. Let's like mm-hmm. go on a hike. Let's like drive somewhere and do it. 
And he's like, I was born and raised in LA and like I went away and did those things and then came back and was like, nature's everywhere. Like nature is in cities, nature is around us. And we can, if we like look for it and spend the time with it, you can connect with it here. And it's actually like really amazing to see these things in a world where you don't expect to see them as opposed to like when you're in Joshua Tree and like, duh, you're going to see a plant or an animal and it's going to be like exciting because you're at a national park. Right, right. So there's an episode, for example, about bats in LA. And where they live and like the places that they go and just like bat tracking um, and like why bats are so important. And there was like basically people, the guy who was, who was the guest on this one, he is with the Natural History Museum of LA County. His name is Miguel Ordeñana. And he like just like loves bats and wish they got more respect and like all of that. You can imagine it. He basically was like, nobody give like no, everybody's like, oh, bats until you tell them bats eat mosquitoes. And then all of a sudden, right. And then all of a sudden people are like, maybe bats. Who can say? Let's try bats. My parents went through this phase. Maybe it's still happening where my dad would, during the summer would just like prop up his lawn chair and sit in the garden and watch the bats every night. Yeah. The bats in LA are apparently a thing. He would love this podcast. He, okay. This is a real Steve podcast. Um, All right. It in general is an incredible going on a walk podcast because obviously because of the content and it like just forces mm-hmm. you to kind of engage with what's around you, but also because episodes are around 20 minutes, mm. which is just like yeah. a nice, like errant, errant I thing. I like that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of just, you know, your, your local nature. Yes. I signed up for patch.com, which is a free lo- hyper local news service. Basically, you put in your zip code and it sends you email news alerts about what's happening in your neighborhood. And uh, there's also a website and you can go and scroll the website. I cannot believe how much I love it. And I know that so much ink has been spilled about the death of local news. And this has been and 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 there are many, you know, there there are many obvious reasons why local news is so important. This has been just sort of a good reminder and a good insight into why local news is important. It just makes me feel really clued into what's going on in my neighborhood in a way that I don't know how else I would be getting information about. Well, like, and it's not like next door. No, 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 no. It's which is like by, the other yeah. thing that yes. people engage with that is like hyper local, but not, but definitely not news. Right. No, next door is <laughs> next door is 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 part of the problem. I mean, you know, next door is great, but it's also part of the problem. Yeah. I, this is, you know, journalists are writing these stories about local, like projects, political yeah. fights, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Pre- preservation efforts, fundraising efforts, uh-huh. COVID stuff, crime stuff that like when it came time for the midterm elections, that just happened. I'm having to vote for all of these, like, you know, very sort of local offices. And I'm looking these people up and they're saying, you know, here's what I care about. I'm trying to save this landmark building. I'm trying to do this. I actually kind of had context for what they were talking about. Incredible. And, and just the thing, like I, there are just uh, fundraising organizations in the neighborhood doing really important work that I didn't that know you about. you want to know about. And if yeah. they don't have a flyer on the post you walk by right. this week, you're not going to find out about otherwise. And they're doing yeah. awesome stuff. And I'm like, yes, I want to support Support this. And then they're also today's news alert, which was actually devastating for me, is that the Bedstuy marching band is hosting a block party and Battle of the Bands, and I'm gonna be out of town for it. But oh come my on. God. Like my dream. I love marching <sighs> bands so you do. much. You I do. love battle of the bands. Ba- I love a battle of the bands. <laughs> I love when Well, bands I think fight. you're gonna be in town for this thing, so I'll send you the info for it. Please. You can go on our behalf. Please. My other favorite thing that it does, because I think sometimes it's it's reaching for content, is sometimes you'll get a breaking news alert email and it will be like movie star 
and Brooklyn native Paul Sorvino has died. And it's like, this is hyper local because Paul Sorvino was born in Brooklyn. As were many other people. (laughs) Yeah. But no, but they will always find a way to bring it back to Brooklyn. um, And it's incredibly charming. Oh my God. Incredible. 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 I love this. Anything else you want to say? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing's always, always have lots more to say, you know, the truth as I do. Um, but probably would have to end up editing it out if I just, you know, went with what was on my, on my, on my mind. Yeah. That's the show. Hey, you two. Long time, long time. Um, I just heard your advertisement for base and I just wanted to let, uh, the of a kind fam know that, or the, a singer to RIP of a kind fam know that base was my personal, uh, adult moment luggage investment and, I'm obsessed with it. It lives up to all the hype. Uh, I wish that I had had the a thing or two discount code, um, but people should really hop on that. It is genuinely an excellent piece of luggage. And I feel that like many a thing or two um, stands, we have high standards. And so I hope that this uh, user recommendation is helpful. All right. Bye. This has been a production of Dear Media, and we are so grateful to the talented team over there for helping us make this podcast happen, especially to our wonderful producer, Ali Slice. You can follow us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. And if you have ideas for our show or want to advertise, email podcast at a thing or two HQ.com. Find show notes and sign up for our newsletter at a thing or two HQ.com too. If you love the show, consider supporting it by signing up for a secret menu also at a thing or two HQ.com.